Hello everybody, my name is Andy Fernandez. And my name is Michael Fernandez. And welcome back to another episode of What Makes It Great. Today we are talking about Some Like It Hot from 1959, I believe. Yeah, we've got to be the last year. I think this is the final year. Uh, number 14 on the AFI Top 100 and then the 10th anniversary number 22. Really? Yes. That's and d- directed by high. Billy Wilder. Yeah, it is very high. And what else did that guy do again? Uh, Billy Wilder has done, I believe, Sunset Boulevard that we've talked about. Okay. And uh, other things. <laughs> uh. I don't remember, <laughs> but yes, very uh, very interesting how highly ranked it is. Uh, full disclosure, I did not do like any research on this one, but... Uh, I mean, I can talk about the experience because I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah. Watched it differently than you, though. You watched it with commercials again. Yeah, but then uh, there was some service called Pluto.tv or something that has it for free, but it has ads. Yeah, with the commercials. Yeah. Um, I watched it almost all the way, and then I had to stop, and then I picked it up the next day, and it like messed up the spot, and I tried to get back to the spot, and every time I moved the little cursor, it went to commercials. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just renting it on Amazon. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that was the way I did it, and it was much better. After that other movie we did, I forget which one that was, where we had commercials. Oh no, I can't I do that again. Bridge on the River Kwai might have been with commercials. Yeah, it broke it up way, way too much. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, this is my first time watching it. What about you? I had seen it one time in high school and didn't remember anything except for the basic premise of it. Mm-hmm. Guys are dressing up like girls and the very last line of the movie. That yeah. is kind of the famous line. But other than that, I didn't remember anything about it. I had no idea. It was about like they were trying to run from gangster. I didn't remember any of that stuff. Hmm. Um so it was very much a kind of a first time viewing experience largely uh i was just actually talking to our dad and he was like oh yeah i was like just about to record something like that he's like oh yeah what'd you think and i was like i think it's it's good i and i appreciate it but i think comedy is the hardest thing to nail in terms of like that's it doesn't Stand, it's hard to, for comedy to stand the test of time I feel like eh, sometimes I think yeah. a lot of comedic sensibilities kind of change with generational changes and depends on the topic I guess so but like he was like man I just remember being hilarious because they were dressed up like women and I was like yeah <laughs> that's pretty much the joke of the movie yep <laughs> um, and they just like beat you over the head with it and there are times when it's hilarious what they do and yeah. then there are times when it's like well, you know, you can only stretch this so far, from my opinion. But I thought overall it, it was good, and I appreciate appreciate it for a couple of things that it does. So, But we'll talk about that yeah. later. Yes, uh, we can talk about our three stars. Let's do it. Uh, this is our second Marilyn Monroe movie. Second Marilyn Monroe movie, but really the one that she's actually in. Like, yeah. she's barely in All About Eve. Mm-hmm. So, Marilyn Monroe, she's born in 1926. She grows up in a bunch of foster homes and orphanages, really kind of sad childhood. Uh, and then she gets married at the age of 16. Whoa. Um, uh, she, during World War II, she becomes like a model and, a, and eventually a pinup model and like dyes her hair blonde. Originally, I saw some pictures. She had like curly red hair. Hmm. And so she straightens it and dyes it blonde. And then uh, she wants to become an actress. Her first husband doesn't really approve of that. So she gets a divorce and becomes an actress 
We have that early role in All About Eve, and then she quickly becomes a sex symbol and stars in a number of noirs and comedies, including uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, where she sings the song Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Hmm. Uh, the Seven Year Itch, which I believe is also a Billy Wilder movie, and I think that's the one where she stands over the subway grate and her dress flies up. Oh, gotcha. And uh, this movie, Some Like It Hot, and she wins a Golden Globe for Some Like It Hot. Hmm. Also, the very first issue of Playboy magazine gets released in 1953, and Marilyn Monroe is on the cover, and she is the main feature inside the magazine. Oh, wow. She didn't pose for it. It was all these old like nude pictures that she had taken when she was a younger model and so they just pub she got paid i guess to publish these and people were like this is gonna you know ruin your reputation but it actually made her a bigger star yeah um she later on gets frustrated with her pay and she takes kind of takes charge of her own career and she starts her own production company and she starts she takes some time off and trains with lee strasberg at the actor's studio and method acting Hmm. and then she um, goes back into features and gets better pay and and does some of her best, most famous work. She also marries and divorces some other famous people. Her personal life was probably just as famous as her film stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she Joe DiMaggio, the baseball player, and Arthur Miller, the playwright. She um, married and divorced both of them, and she dates some other people like Frank Sinatra and a number of other big celebrities of the time. And eventually... She dries, dies of a drug overdose, and most people say that it's suicide at the age of 36 in 1962, just three years after this movie comes out. Oh, wow. I mean, what her life. Her what last, a legacy. Yeah, what, but her last movie was The Misfits, which was, I believe, also Montgomery Cliff's last movie that we had discussed, and they were both kind of in real bad shape with drug and alcohol use. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, this is a decade for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, uh, but she's uh, she's interesting. Definitely get a lot more of her in this movie. Yeah, she's um, an icon. She is. This is this is Marilyn Monroe in this movie. Yeah, with yeah. like the the raspy voice and the blah blah. blah. Yeah. Uh, but we also have two very big actors. We have Jack Lemmon, who is awesome in this movie. The Odd Couple is the only thing I know. Yeah. Oh, and was he in that one with the president? Yes, my fellow Americans. Yeah, that one was funny. Uh, he was born in Massachusetts in 1925. He graduated from Harvard and went on to become an actor. He wins an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for a movie called Mr. Roberts in 1955 that was directed by John Ford and starred Henry Fonda and James Cagney, cool. all people we've talked about. Wow, that's a big movie. Yeah. He works with this director, Billy Wilder, on seven films, including two on this list. Hmm. Uh, Some Like It Hot and a movie we're going to do shortly called The Apartment. Hmm. Uh, He wins another Academy Award for Best Actor, Lead Actor, for a movie called Save the Tiger in 1973. And he was the first actor to win Supporting and Lead Actor Oscars. Wow. There was one actress that had done it shortly before him, but he was the first male actor to do it. And for the same thing or just the same year? Uh, not even the same year, just total. Oh, um, wow. He was the first to win one in each category from the male side of things. Cool. Uh, he works with Walter Matthau a lot in movies like The Odd Couple 1 and 2 and Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men. Yeah, they're best friends. They're brothers. <laughs> and like that, that other movie. So like he does 
a lot of comedy. He does a lot of drama. And then when he gets older, he still does like a lot of comedy and stuff. And he was also in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Um, and a lot of, he did a, he did a, a TV version of 12 Angry Men, hmm. where I think he was uh, Henry Fonda's role, juror number eight. Cool. Uh, famously, he was nominated for a Golden Globe that year, and Ving Rhames wins the Golden Globe mm-hmm. for playing Don King, and uh, he gets up there, and he gives his award to Jack Lemmon, wow. and Jack Lemmon comes up and gives a speech, and it's a really, really moving thing, if you could watch, watch that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, it's fantastic. But, so he dies at the, he does die at the age of 76 in 2001 of bladder cancer Mm. nominated for eight academy awards 22 golden globes multiple tonys and emmys and he's won multiple lifetime achievement awards as well very very decorated wow and good at playing a dummy (laughs) good at playing a dummy uh tony curtis is his co-star yeah i don't know anything about tony curtis he is born in the same year 1925 but in new york to hungarian jewish parents his mother and brother were both diagnosed with schizophrenia and he grew up in poverty oh wow uh he enlists in world war ii he joins the navy after pearl harbor and then after the war he uses the gi bill and he goes to acting school and he becomes an actor he really becomes a star in the 1950s and he gets nominated for academy award for best actor in 1958's the defiant one starring Sidney poitier cool and that's a movie where they're both prisoners that escape and they're chained together one white one black and he's like racist and but they're chained together, and I don't know. Uh, then he marries Janet Lee, who we will see cool. coming up in Psycho. Oh, he's Jamie Lee Curtis's and dad. And their daughter is Jamie Lee Curtis, yes. That's awesome. Uh, and he's married a total of six times. <laughs> he has six children and eventually dies at the age of 85 in 2010. Wow. But yes, he is famous for marrying, or and we would know him by being the brief husband of Janet Lee and having Jamie Lee Curtis as their daughter. Cool. She's she's a lot cooler now. I mean, she's always been awesome, but... Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, but now it's even (laughs) even cooler. Yeah. She got some roots. She does have Hollywood roots. Okay, that's all I have. You want to get into the movie a little bit? Um, let's see. Yep, I'm ready. Let's turn it up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, one, one small piece of background of this movie. We've talked a lot about the Hayes Code. We talked about some movies that were pre-Hayes Code, like Frankenstein and... Frankenstein. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front (laughs) and things like that. Um, and then most of the movies we've been discussing are under the Hayes Code. And this one is released with no rating. This movie was not approved by the Hayes Code. And is one of the movies that they say kind of put the nail in the coffin of the Hayes Code because cool. it 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 starts to open it up and you it's because it was able to be released widely without their approval people kind of stopped paying attention to it. So it, that's why this movie is great. Yes, <laughs> yes. So so there they just there's a lot more violence in this movie. They discuss a lot of like sexual things in this movie. There's a lot of jokes about that that were kind of. You know, and the the cross dressing of you the know, movie is. After I watched uh, this movie, I was trying to talk about it, and that's got to be what it was. I was, I just didn't know how to exactly say it, but I was like, it seems like more self aware, and they seem like even more so than like um, Sunset Boulevard or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like a little bit 
edgier here mm-hmm. and like more modern contemporary than what we've been watching recently yeah. and like less restrained and yeah that's got to be why yeah um and i think this provides so this is nc17 <laughs> no it's saying? just unrated wow <laughs> nr okay yeah not rated um and it's one of the uh yeah it's credited with one of the ones to kind of start to bring an end to the haze code uh so i hope that the movies we see after this will start to open up a little bit more creatively too and discuss a little more controversial subject matter and everything so. not that like the necrophilia and vertigo was like contra- <laughs> not controversial <laughs> enough or anything like that but <laughs> yeah i mean you can see it you can see it like the w- movie starting to get this direction yeah. and then this is one that was like we're not even going to be released with approval from that we're just going to release it. and the studio's like yeah that's fine and here come the 60s basically yeah <laughs> 60s and 70s here we go mm-hmm. um but what was i going to say about that it does feel more modern and everything uh content wise but it is another black and white movie. yeah it's black and white um it's one of the outliers i feel like now most of the movies we've been watching have been in color recently of course isn't psycho in black and white yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the first movie of the 60s right i think so and i think <laughs> the apartment is black and white too which is another one we're gonna do so we'll still have some scattered in but yeah for the most part now i was reading that the reason why this one it had it in marilyn monroe's contract that all of her movies had to be in color Mm. Um, but she was convinced to do this one in black and white be- by the director because the way that the makeup looked on Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis when they were dressed as women, it didn't look as believable when they were. It looked a little not yeah, with the look it. they were going for <laughs> when yeah, it was in color. So the makeup they, is not what it is today. <laughs> yeah, so they went with black and white. But, you know, that makes Citizen Kane all the better but <laughs> because of how good the makeup is in that movie. It was really good, but then it was also in black and white, so it didn't have to right. be that good. <laughs> right. So black and white, we get credits with this big jazz band score, and we open up with an action scene in this comedy, which I, and I didn't remember any of this stuff, so this took me by surprise. It's a hearse is traveling with a coffin that's getting chased by a police car. And the police start firing, and the men in the hearse pull out machine guns and start shooting back. And I put, like, these car stunts are super impressive looking. They're mm-hmm. going really fast and swerving and crashing. and It's like Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, it looked really good. Uh, the hearse is revealed to be filled with alcohol, and a title card appears stating that it's Chicago 1929. So these are gangsters. It's the De- Prohibition era, and uh, they are... Uh, you know smuggling smuggling booze, booze yes that's going the... to a speakeasy mm-hmm. yeah the hearse makes it to a funeral parlor the police surround the place and get ready to go in and the funeral parlor actually is a speakeasy There's... i love this stuff all the little like i don't know it, it seemed like a really trendy bar <laughs> <laughs> right. but it's in prohibition so it's totally illegal but mm-hmm. you know they're like uh what is it you're gonna be pallbearers like, or yeah pallbearers like i'm going to the service I'm, yeah you know, i'm member of the family or whatever yeah. you know they're like there's all this code uh-huh. and it's like why don't i i want to sit over there it's like oh that's for yeah if you're mourning a... or whatever yeah <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, that's the the viewing i don't know all that stuff it's mm-hmm. all funeral or like centered yeah <laughs> and they're smoking and drinking and dancing girls and it's clearly run by the mob they serve coffee they don't serve alcohol mm-hmm. um and it reminded me of uh i think it was horse feathers the march brothers where there's a speakeasy mm-hmm. and they're like they sell ice mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the language that they use to get around it mm-hmm. um we see tony curtis played or playing a character named joe and jack lemon playing a character named jerry and they're in the band 
uh, Joe plays the saxophone and Jerry plays the stand-up bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they keep, I think they call it like the bass fiddle or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, and uh, they owe a lot of money, and they're kind of debating what to do about it when they get paid tonight. And Joe wants to go to the dog track and bet it all on this dog to try to get more money to pay all their debts off and everything. And Jerry's like, come on, I got to get fillings for my teeth and everything yeah. and stuff. But Joe's kind of always got a scheme to yeah, try to make more money. My cousin works there and he said that it's a shoe and it's a, something with the rabbit. I forget. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's the one that controls the rabbit. Yeah. yeah. He's so stupid. He's, and clearly you get the sense of like his schemes have gotten them into this mess. Yes. Like, uh, but Jerry's just too good of a friend or he just kind of doesn't have any backbone and kind of follows him along. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see a cop putting on his badge and start pack. And so they're like, we got to get out of here before the raid happens. Mm-hmm. And so they pack up and the police go to Spats Columbo, who is the mob boss bootlegger who runs the place and they threaten to arrest him. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, Joe and Jerry have gotten away, and they have lost all their money on the dog named Grease Lightning. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought that was funny, too. It's like, that play has not been made yet, probably. Grease? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think so. Maybe it came from here. <laughs> uh, Joe wants to sell their instruments and put it up on another dog, and Jerry's like, no, nah, this is how we make our money. And he talks him out of it, and... They're desperately looking for work, and they hear about a job in Florida for three weeks that's looking for a saxophone and a bass player. This perfect. is perfect. We want to talk to you. What is it? Yeah, it's about the Florida job. The Florida job? Mm-hmm. Nellie told us all about it. Yeah, we're not too late, are we? What are you, a couple of comedians? Get out of here. Long distance, get me the William Morris Agency in New York. Well, you need a bass and a sax, don't you? The instruments are right, but you're not. Huh? I want to speak to Mr. Morris. Wait a minute, what's wrong with us? You're in the wrong shape. Goodbye. The wrong shape? What are you looking for, hunchbacks or something? It's not the backs that worry me. Well, what kind of a band is it anyway? You gotta be under 25. We could pass for that. You gotta be blonde. We, we could, could dye our hair. And you gotta be girl. We could. No, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good comic timing, the back and forth. And the and the writing is very snappy in this movie. Mm-hmm, it is. You know, I was just thinking, this is our... We haven't had very many comedies this decade. No, I don't think we have. Or maybe the past two. Like, maybe, like, smaller comedies i guess mm-hmm. sullivan's travels and things like that and like the marx brothers i feel like were the last like uh ensemble and like the only ensemble comedy we had but this is like a nice buddy buddy mm-hmm. comedy like they play really really well off each other and marilyn monroe yeah. is good too but we got no food we got no money <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. have we got i don't know what have you got that's got kind of reminds me of the, yeah. the back and forth between uh cosmo and uh Don Lockwood. Yes, that's right. And Singing in the Rain, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's more of a musical. Yeah, one. yeah. Comedy, comedic parts. But this is like straight up comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was fun. I liked it. Yeah, it is refreshing after big dramatic things. And just, it's a good change of pace. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, Jerry's like, I think we can make it work if we dress up and we call ourselves Josephine and Geraldine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're like, nah. And Joe's like, nah. And then he, it's like there's a hundred there's a job it's a hundred miles away in the snow um and joe's like yeah we'll take it and he's like we don't have a way to get there but then joe manages to trick a woman that's working at the company into loaning them their car for the evening um but when they go to pick it up in the garage there's spats colombo and his mob and they arrive and they kill like toothpick charlie or something like something it and, like a, and like a bunch of other people with machine guns mm-hmm. and 
they murder everybody and joe and jerry are kind of hiding behind this car bad timing on their part yeah and so they are now witnesses to multiple murders and but then they get seen hiding behind the car and they're about to get shot when they get distracted by a guy who's like reaching for something Mm -hmm. and and uh oh that reaching for like a payphone to and they go and they turn him and they just go to shoot him and when they uh turn around to finish him off joe and jerry make a run for it Mm -hmm. and they fire at them but they don't get them and the police begin approaching so the mob kind of runs off and joe and jerry run off and they uh they're on the run (laughs) they're on the run and they're like they calls they go to the thing and they call the guy as and and uh as josephine and geraldine yeah joe puts on his great female voice that he does you know it's like hello this is josephine and i'm here for the job and and uh cut to them dressed up in, like women at the train station yeah but they're clearly men yeah <laughs> there's a funny story where they hired someone to teach them how to walk like a woman and like shoot and like heels and stuff mm-hmm. and they did it for a little while and i think it was tony curtis who was like no i don't want to be trained like that i don't want to walk like a woman i want to walk like a man trying to walk like a woman i was yeah, like oh good point that's an actor yeah, <laughs> that's an actor's good. mind there what's the matter now how do they walk in these things huh how do they keep their balance it must be the way the weight is distributed now come on yeah they don't really look very much like uh women at all yeah. um but <laughs> i think uh, later on at uh, tootsie when does that come out 81 82 something like that isn't it on the list it is yeah that movie i remember watching something about that and dustin hoffman being like he wouldn't do it unless he actually looked somewhat like a woman <laughs> um and then they like tried and tried and it like you know didn't do amazingly but you know it's still kind of mm-hmm. kind of passed but this one yeah it's like they didn't even try <laughs> Yeah. They just turned the lights out of the color out, and it's black and white now, and that's all it is. Although, <laughs> but it works to the charm. Apparently, Jack Lemon looked shockingly like his mother, <laughs> <laughs> and he based like the look, the hair, the clothes, and the voice, and the attitude, and everything on his mother. Yes, yeah, very matronly. <laughs> uh, so he's basically playing his mom in the movie. Um, we see Marilyn Monroe walk past, and they stare at her, and I think. <laughs> I think Jerry's like it's like Jello on springs. <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. That you were talking about how they learned to walk like women because then they say a line where they're like, "Where do you learn to walk like that?" or something yeah. like that. They like talk about how she's walking apart from the Jello on springs. <laughs> <laughs> they get on the train as Josephine and Daphne, <laughs> and yeah, he's he like, changes his name on the spot. Yeah, and he's and like, he, "What the hell?" And Joe asks Jerry, "He's like Daphne." He's like, "I never did like the name Geraldine, even though he's the one that came up with it earlier in the movie, or suggested it." Yeah, whatever. He's a weird guy. <laughs> but it's it starts this thing where Jerry slash Daphne starts to like really get maybe a little too comfortable in the role of Daphne. Yes, yes, which she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, comes back to haunt him. Right. They pass through the girls uh, on the train, and Daphne's excited and just immediately starts flirting and talking with everyone and fitting right in. <laughs> and uh, Josephine is mad and accidentally tears Daphne's chests. <laughs> like, you just tore my chest! Yeah. So he has to go fix it in the bathroom or something. 
You just tore the other one. Yeah. It's like the whole scene he keeps on. Yeah, because he's about to go into the men's room, and he's like, "Not so fast, Daphne." And they like pulls him and and break tears the other one. And he's like, "Go to go into the ladies' room." I wanted to say they like talked about the alcohol rule before that on the bus or on the troop or something. Maybe not. They they discuss it here. I think with in the next scene. Well, because I know that she's they catch her in there. Yeah. Or she comes in afterwards. Is what it is. Yeah, she's already in there when they go in, and she. Uh, and by she, we mean Marilyn Monroe. I'm Sugar Cane. Hi. Sugar Cane? Yeah, I changed. It used to be Sugar Kowalczyk. You're Polish? Yes. I come from this musical family. My mother is a piano teacher and my father was a conductor. Where did he conduct? On the Baltimore and Ohio. Oh. I play the ukulele and I sing, too. Sings, too? <laughs> well, I don't have much of a voice, but then this isn't much of a band, either. I'm only with him because I'm running away. Running away from what? Oh, don't get me started on that. And they're not allowed to drink alcohol, and she's already been caught with alcohol a number of times, so uh, don't rat on me kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can tell that Jer- Joe and Jerry slash Josephine and Daphne are just, like, totally smitten with her. <laughs> um, and so it begins, the competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who can win her heart? <laughs> yeah. So they're, the whole band is practicing being led by, uh, what's her, the lady, Sweet Sue. Mm-hmm. She's the one who's kind of in charge of the band. And there's another guy named Mr. Beanstalk, who's the only man that's with them. And I guess he's kind of like their chaperone. Something like that, yeah. Um, but they have a, he comes in handy really well right here. Yeah. So they're practicing and, and, uh, What's uh, Sweet Sue tells them to kind of like loosen up. They're too stiff. Yeah, calls out the two new girls. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what is that? And then they cut back in the next take. They're doing all these tricks and stuff. Jack mm-hmm. Lemmon keeps on spinning his uh, stand-up bass all the time. Like, that's his big thing. Slap it a couple times. Spin, slap it a mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also see a bunch of bullet holes in the bass. Uh-huh. She's which, like, what are those? <laughs> yeah, which come back later. Um, Sugar Cane gets up and she sings and dances. And when she's doing that, her flask falls out. Mm-hmm. And Daphne saves her by saying that it's his flask. I think there's a part here whenever he's spinning his bass and then he spins it around backwards and he's just staring at Marilyn Monroe and he just like <laughs> plays it. He's not playing it. Yeah. It's just like the opposite like, side. And then Tony Curtis hits him and he spins it back around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when they have this flask, uh, Mr. Beanstalk, oh, yeah, there are the two rules on this right. trip. There's no alcohol and no men. And so... Oh, we're in trouble if we get caught kind of a thing by multiple levels and jerry's like oh i've never bring any men on here <laughs> <laughs> uh as they're going to bed that night daphne is still flirting with all the women and josephine oh, hold on before that though that scene though whenever the the instructor and the beanstalk oh, guy yeah. they're like Mr. beanstalk calling her out and like about to get in trouble and then uh daphne jerry like steps in he's like oh no it's mine uh like i'm gonna cover for her and mm-hmm. wink or something like that yeah and then they say the rules and no drinking and no men like oh we wouldn't get caught dead with them they're and he's like they're vile creatures always they only have one thing on their mind and then he like looks at mr beanstalk and he's like oh that's I, that's uncalled for or something like yeah. that and like i don't know he gets Offended. beanstalk off their tail really quick by that and he's like oh man these they're mean they're mm-hmm. yeah, unruly i don't like them mm-hmm. <laughs> but i thought that was funny they have a lot of stupid stupid jokes like that where they just like crap on themselves like self-deprecating humor about mm-hmm. men and then mm-hmm. <laughs> they're under it's funny 
Yeah, and it's, I feel like it's always Jack Lemmon, who's always got this huge smile on his face when he's doing this really over-the-top look, where <laughs> yeah. he just, like, starts laughing at at his own, like, joke or yeah. whatever. He's like, ah, 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 kind of thing all uh-huh. the time. He has a very weird laugh in this movie, too. He's like, ah, ah, like, really yeah. fast, like, kind of crazy. Yeah, he's, I feel like he's definitely the comedy, uh, he brings the jokes the most in this movie. Yeah, and then Tony Curtis is more of the straight man, even though he's just... Yeah, but he has a crossdresser. <laughs> but he has a really good thing that's that makes me crack up later on in this movie. Yes, even though he's hiding, he's he's hiding out. They're both doing this to save mm-hmm. their lives here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that night they're all kind of getting into their bunks, and um, Jerry as Daphne is just still flirting away and is like, "Good night, girls. Good night." And they're like, "Good night, Daphne," and all this stuff. And it's like you better like not Tony Curtis tells me you better not like leave this bunk or do anything stupid. Like, come yeah. on, like we gotta be undercover here. He's like, remind, he's like, remember, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl. And he's like, I'm a girl, I'm a girl, I'm a girl to remind himself to get rid of his like male instincts. <laughs> um, and then that night, Sugar sneaks out and wakes up Daphne to thank her. And, but as she's doing so, Sweet Sue walks by. So Sugar gets up into Daphne's butt bed <laughs> and like they close the little curtain that's that protect, uh, to block out from the little hallway mm-hmm. and they're hiding up there and cuddling and and you know daphne is of course like you know how can i thank you and it's like i could think of a million ways <laughs> <laughs> so stupid yeah, it's so dumb. And, uh, and they begin to proceed to have a big old party <laughs> yeah he's like let's get some they he sneaks some whiskey from josephine's bunk down below and another girl comes up i've got vermouth and like we can have cosmos or whatever manhattans or what i don't know and uh then they uh another like someone where's the ice someone yeah. go get the cocktail shaker and somebody else go get the ice and then i got I'll... cheese and crackers and... oh yeah come over we're over here and they're like it's like the scene in Mark's brother. That's like exactly what the, I wrote down to. The state room or whatever scene. There's so many. There's like a dozen girls up in this tiny little space. Hey, honey, what's up? Party in number seven. A party? I'll get some cheese and crackers. I'll get a cocktail shaker. You get a corkscrew. Okay. Hey, Rosella, there's a party in number seven. Yeah? You got a corkscrew? No, but Stella has. Well, go get some paper cups. Okay. And drinks and yeah, food and just everybody. In for, and still somehow josephine's down below and he's asleep asleep <laughs> doesn't know what's going on well until uh sugar wa- uh, eventually josephine uh wakes up and sugar is this big thing of ice and she's chopping up the ice and josephine goes to join her and is talking about and learning a little bit more about her character she used to work in a lot of male bands and she kept falling for the saxophone players <laughs> i can't trust myself i have this thing about saxophone players Especially tennis sax. Really? I don't know what it is. They just curdle me. All they have to do is play eight bars or come to me, my melancholy baby, and my spine turns to custard. I get goose pimply all over, and I come to them. That's all? Every time. He's like, oh, really? Yeah, and so they keep flirting, and... Uh, meanwhile, Daphne's getting like tickled and ice dropped down the back of his, like, nightdress and stuff, and... And he and uh, Jerry's like cracking up, and, and then he pull until eventually he pulls the emergency brake, and they all come crashing and falling out, just like the end of the stateroom scene in A Night at the Opera. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't, it's not as good as the stateroom scene, right. but it's still pretty darn, pretty darn hilarious. Yeah, and you can see the influences clearly. Um, they arrive in Florida, 
and all these old millionaire men are watching them come out um, of their bus and into the hotel. One of them is Osgood Fielding III, and he flirts with Daphne and carries the instruments in for her, and he asks if she's used a uses a bow or if she plucks it, and she's like, "I slap it, <laughs> <laughs> slap it." Sometimes, yeah, she's like, definitely d- doesn't like that he's flirting with her, being really forward with her, and she's like, "Well, he is like, yeah. um, you know, being." strong and like denying him and shutting him down and turning him trying to turn him away and he's just persistent and uh really toxic and they go in an elevator and he like grabs her ass or something like that mm-hmm. and then they the elevator thing is going up and then that happens and it goes all the way back down and he jumps out of there and mm-hmm. this little man who kind of looks like william h macy um is, good fielding yes his <laughs> smile he does yeah i could see that like an older version of him uh-huh. and uh yeah, he's uh, he's just really, really weird. But then, like, that part, whenever she says, sometimes I slap it. It's like mm-hmm. she actually responds or he actually responds to the flirting. And then that opens up the doors. He just, like, barely. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it starts getting worse and worse from here. Yeah. <laughs> Bop it. That's what I was thinking of during that scene. Uh, next, they go to the beach. And Daphne is playing with the girls. And Josephine slash joe is now dressed up as a third character a young millionaire yeah they're sailor in, they're in their character. state room or whatever and uh marilyn monroe comes over or something like that she's like let's go to the beach and uh josephine strategically is like no i'm gonna stay here uh, i got something to do or whatever and then uh dummy daphne goes down to the beach and they're just like playing in the waves and <laughs> like a beach ball or something i thought you could see his chest hair coming out of his <laughs> suit at one point but there's some suits are like now like fully clothed they're like shorts mm-hmm. and a t-shirt mm-hmm. um and then he comes out yeah josephine isn't joe again but with a different name what is the name he goes by junior junior and he's like he's a captain and he's got some weird scottish or english accent or something like that you know what he's doing what is he doing Cary grant that's kind of what I thought. It was like a transit, transatlantic <laughs> like accent, but like a little bit more exaggerated. Terribly sorry. My fault. You're not hurt, are you? I don't think so. I wish you'd make sure. Why? Because usually when people find out who I am, they get themselves a wheelchair, a shyster lawyer, and sue me for three quarters of a million dollars. That is the funny thing that I think he does. It's like he sounds exactly like a parody of Cary Grant. He's like, I thought I told you to do this. Yeah. Sugar. <laughs> and he's <laughs> he got sounds these like... uh, glasses, too, that kind of look like his. Yeah, he's basically the Cary Grant character in Philadelphia Story. <laughs> he's just like this rich millionaire guy that's like high society. Um, yeah, he's got these glasses, a sailor cap, and he's reading the Wall Street Journal, which Sugar was hinting. It's like she wants to just meet a millionaire that you know reads the wall street journal and blah 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 and so he becomes this character and she runs by to get the beach ball and he sticks his leg out and she trips on it and uh she sees that he's reading she's and she like throws that he's like daphne's like oh sugar come back and play and she's like i'm gonna talk with this guy or whatever and throws the ball and then like talks with joe as junior mm-hmm. and he's he hints at how rich he is and and she lies about being fancier than she is. You know, like, wait, Bryn Mawr or whatever, mm-hmm. all these different schools and stuff. And she plays jazz music. And she's like, yeah, it's real hot. And he's like, well, I guess some like it hot. Mm-hmm. But I oh, prefer... <laughs> yeah. But I prefer classical music. Um, 
And then Daphne comes over yep. and they like she has to bounce her story off of Daphne. He's like, No, no, remember when we we trained together at Bryn Mawr or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it is? And uh, Daphne sees him and she's like, Oh, I see what you're doing here, you wise guy. Mm-hmm. Um and tries to deter Marilyn Monroe from falling from him, but there's just no chance. Yeah. And there's also a moment where like Joe as Junior says, I collect shelves. I learned it from my father who learned it from his father. It's probably how the name the how we got the name of our oil company. Mm-hmm. She's like, Shell oil? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, they uh hurry back to their room. This is uh Sugar and Daphne hurry back to the hotel room hoping to catch Joe running back mm-hmm. <laughs> before uh, but he sneaks in like through the window or something. He's already in the bath, mm-hmm. uh, just covered in bubbles and still just wearing the just wearing a Josephine wig. Yeah, and Jack Lemon's really excited whenever they get to the room. He's like, "Oh, it's gonna be a surprise for sure. Yeah. He's gonna be real <laughs> shocked, huh? Like, let's get there real quick." And they run up there. And yeah, and then he starts like singing from the bathroom, and he's like. Dang it, he got me again. Yeah. And then he gets out of the bathtub fully clothed and he's like, mm-hmm. You. Yeah, and then meanwhile, they get a phone call. It's Osgood Fielding. He's invited Daphne to his yacht for a drink and a midnight snack. <laughs> and uh, Joe comes up with a plan for Jerry to get Osgood off the yacht so that he can get sugar on the yacht and mm-hmm. pretend like it's Junior's yacht and he's rich. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, the other thing that Jerry or Daphne was, like, really excited about whenever they were talking to the uh, junior was, like, um, she's like, you should come to our show tonight, junior. And then Daphne's like, yeah, you should really do that. You should be there mm-hmm. tonight at the same time as uh, mm-hmm. Josephine. Like, oh, I just, I can't. I got too many things to do. Oh, I don't know. Says some excuse in Cary Grant voice. But at the show, uh, Sugar is singing like some like song like nobody else but you or something i don't know mm-hmm. and she's looking in the crowd for joe and doesn't see him uh but daphne and josephine see osgood in the crowd and he's just like creepily looking creepily at daphne looking, yeah, waving and he delivers this giant bouquet of roses to daphne on stage mm-hmm. uh but joe takes the card and he changes it and says that it's from junior to sugar and joe also tells daphne he's like smile that guy's uh He's going. You're going out with him later, or something like that. You act like you like it, and, mm-hmm. and Daphne just gets pushed further into this character. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then he tricks, and Marilyn Monroe gets the bouquet of flowers after the show. She's all sad that he's mm-hmm. Junior's not there, but then gets the flowers, and then she races to the dock or something like that to get on the boat. And yeah, but the, before that, there's this really great line that uh, she's like. Oh, I got this bouquet of roses from this millionaire. If only my mother could see me now. And then Daphne, J- Jerry has Daphne go, I hope my mother never finds out. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but then, yeah, Joe runs off and he gets changed out of his woman clothes and starts to become the millionaire character, but forgets that he's still wearing earrings. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's racing. Rides a bike past Daphne and Osgood. Yeah. Name. And they're like out there and he's like, I forget they have some stupid line there too. Um, and then he's yeah, on the bike behind Marilyn Monroe running. And then mm-hmm. they do this thing where she's like on the dock and he's right behind her. She mm-hmm. could definitely hear the tires going <laughs> yeah, and right. stuff. Um, but she doesn't turn around and she stays on the top level and he just goes down the ramp and he's on the bottom level of his bike and leaves his bike and jumps into a boat. A random boat. <laughs> random boat, which happens to be Osgood's because it's like the same name of his boat or something. Yeah. Like the 
What is the boat? Do you remember? I don't remember the name of the yacht. But the little one's called, it's like the sequel. It's like the whatever. Two. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then he tricks her. I'm down here, darling. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't see him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there he, yeah, so, and he hot wires the thing and he's like, I can't seem to get it out of reverse. Do you mind going backwards? <laughs> so stupid. They take it backwards all the way to the yacht. Uh, and Jerry, yeah, he's She's just like, I'll go anywhere if it's with you. Yeah, or something stupid like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jerry, yeah, he's distracted Osgood by convincing him to take him on a different date. They're going to go dancing at some club or something. They're going to go tango dancing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the yacht, he obviously has no idea where anything is, but they managed to find like a sitting room and oh, the they champagne. they set it up in the small sitting room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's just making crap up. Yeah, my steward. <laughs> I don't know where they put out my dinner. And there's a great, there, there's another great line that I cracked me up. Actually, like this is probably one of like the only lines that actually made me laugh out loud when I was watching it. Is that she's like, "What are all these trophies over here?" He's like, "Oh, they're different things: hunting, water polo." So like, water polo, that's very dangerous. It's like, yeah, a lot of ponies drowned underneath. <laughs> yeah, <me." laughs> that's really stupid. <laughs> so dumb, but I was like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he pretends that he's got no feelings for women this is really kind of creepy bizarre weird thing this was re- I, I had no idea what was going on here but yeah i was like this is like a a long con what are you what are you doing yeah. here man what is this manipulation here <laughs> like, yeah it's weird he's like i like women can kiss me and i don't feel anything and so, but it's all like, how about now? Do you feel anything? Yeah. And they just keep kissing, but he's like, uh, it started with uh, the death of my fiance or something. something like yeah, that. yeah. Some weird up story. Some really traumatic thing. And he's like, I worked with Freud for a number of years, and I worked with the best doctors and uh, mineral baths and all kinds of things, and nothing's worked. And he's like, well, let me try. Uh, and so she keeps kissing him, and they're drinking more and more champagne. And he's like, how does that work? Like smoking without inhaling. So inhale. And then she kisses him more, but then cut to... (laughs) Tango. (laughs) Yeah, cut to Jerry slash Daphne and Osgood uh, dancing the tango. Cheek to cheek with a rose in Jack Lemmon's (laughs) mouth, and they turn, and then Osgood takes the rose out of his mouth. (laughs) Perfect. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And there's like another... And they keep going back and forth, where it's like back and forth between uh, the... What is his name? The junior. Yacht. Yeah, Junior. And, and Sugar making out on the yacht and try, being all kind of serious. And then uh, Jer- uh, Daphne and Osgood like doing this ridiculous dancing thing. And he's like, you're lead. And Osgood's like, you're leading again. <laughs> Sorry. You know, and they, the roses switching around and it's uh, back and forth, back and forth. And then uh, the boat thing, they finally get back there and I don't know, they're finishing up or something. They're just making out a bunch. And, um, yeah, I don't know. His story really threw me off, but all in all, the, with this boat, this yacht thing just reminded me of the implication. <laughs> like, it just reminded me of, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. in the middle of the ocean. They got nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Are we hurting these women? It's like, no, 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 no. We don't hurt the women. Because of the implication. <laughs> it's <was> terrible. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. But then he goes this weird, weird route, and yeah, I guess they just like kiss for a while until morning. Yeah. Both of these dates last all night, all night, <laughs> and then he like 
drives her home on the boat backwards, backwards again. <laughs> and then uh, just as they're getting off and everything, uh, Osgood comes up from his date and he's gets plastered. in the same boat and he's hammered and drives back to his little boat, yeah, <laughs> to his yacht. Uh, Joe walks Sugar back, and then he climbs back in through the window, and Jerry is laying in bed with maracas, (laughs) like, singing and dancing and laughing. Have I got things to tell you? What happened? I'm engaged. Congratulations. Who's the lucky girl? I am. (laughs) Osgood has proposed to him, and they're planning a June wedding, and, uh... He's arguing with him about, it's like, I'm in this for, sec- I've got security. <laughs> Osgood's got all his money and we're planning the honeymoon. And he's like, he wants to go here, but I want to go to Niagara Falls. <laughs> and, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, we'll just stay married until the honeymoon and then we'll get divorced. And then I'll get alimony checks for the rest of my life. And, uh, and the flip side of it is, is, uh, as from before, now Joe is telling Jerry, just remind yourself, I'm a boy. I'm a boy. I'm a boy. <laughs> Just keep telling yourself you're a boy. You're a boy. I'm a boy. That's the boy. Oh, I'm a boy. I'm, I'm a boy. I'm a, I wish I were dead. I'm a boy. I'm a boy. Oh, boy, am I a boy. Yeah, no, he's in too deep now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Sugar comes into their room to talk about how her date went, and, and uh, it went perfectly, and she's like, well, now I feel bad for you josephine i've got a bow and and daphne's got a bow and you don't have anybody and then this that bellboy comes in who's like flirting with josephine all the time it's real uh, awkward yeah. uh bellhop bellboy bell whatever he yeah. is yeah um and he's like hey there sweetie or so, i don't know he says something that's kind of a weird little joke um but then we cut back to like the the beginning plot because the gangsters are there. Spatz Colombo has entered the hotel because they just so happen to be at the same hotel mm-hmm. having basically a mafia convention. Yeah, all of the <laughs> bosses, all the heads of the families. Yeah, he's there. The little Bonaparte is the head of the mafia in the country or something. Mm-hmm. And Spatz Colombo and all of his men are there along with a bunch of other mafia guys. Uh, there's a policeman there who's followed them spats down from Chicago to try to catch him for their murders, um, which is based on real murders that happened called the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, wow. Um, uh, the police reveal they also know that there was two witnesses and they're looking for them to try to nail this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe and Jerry go into the lobby and I think it's Jerry is looking like in a little compact mirror. And he sees spats in the reflection. Like, <gasps> so they try to take the elevator back up to get away. And the gangsters get into... To, a couple of the gangsters get into the elevator with them. Yeah. And like, don't you broads look familiar? I've like, like, never seen you before. Mm. So they get to their room. And they're frantically packing to get, try to get out of there. But then Joe feels guilty. And he calls Sugar to tell her that... As Junior, that he's leaving and he has to marry the daughter of a Venezuelan businessman. Yeah, something crazy like that. Um, and meanwhile, he sees this diamond bracelet that Osgood gave to to Jerry, <laughs> and he throws it like into a flower box and kicks it across the hall to outside of Sugar's room. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Did you get that package I gave you?" And, she, and he's like, "It should be outside your door." And uh, she gets her roommate to get it and sees it. Um, 
and they hang up and they continue packing and arguing about the, where the bracelet went and then sugar comes in looking for some bourbon to drink uh, because basically she just broke up with with junior and jerry sees that she's wearing the bracelet and he's like what would you get that from and it starts a little argument um and uh but they don't have time they got to get out of there mm -hmm. it's time to perform right no it's time to get, they're trying to get us get oh, out yeah, of they there they gotta get out to survive yeah uh joe and jerry they go out their window with their bags they're climbing down at the same time spats colombo is talking with his men in his room about getting rid of little bonaparte and as you see in the background outside the window joe and jerry as uh josephine and daphne are climbing down in the background and they get spotted and spats figures out who they are he's like those are the two let's see two people you say they look familiar uh, this is a band that left from Chicago and be them. <laughs> it's the same instruments. Mm -hmm. And then they, like they leave the instruments and he opens up the bass and it's got bullet holes in it. And he's like, that's them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they st off, they go. And meanwhile, Joe and Jerry like sneak back in and disguise themselves as a bellhop and a man in a wheelchair. But, Jerry's still wearing heels. <laughs> so they spot him and off they go in a chase through the hotel. They go into a banquet hall and they have to hide under a table just as the gangsters enter in and sit down right above them. And they tell by like the shoes that Spats Columbo is wearing. They had, there were some intentional shots of Spats Columbo's fancy shoes. And yeah, now so I can see this part. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're sitting right below him at his feet. And this is like the dinner of the, of the evening for the mafia convention. <laughs> yeah, and they've got a surprise for Spats. <clears throat> yeah, little Bonaparte, he's like, he's planned to have a guy pop out of a big cake um, to shoot Spats. Mm -hmm. And uh, little Bonaparte comes in, he begins leading the proceedings. They have a moment of silence for their dead brethren in Chicago. And asks everybody to stand up. Spats doesn't for a little while. Yeah, he's giving him crap. Mm -hmm. And they like well you know we need to honor spats with a birthday and he's like it was my birthday like a month ago and it's like oh, that's fine <laughs> they, they st sorry dropped my phone um they start singing for he's a jelly good fellow as they're wheeling in this big cake and at the end for for nobody can deny boom the guy pops out with a tommy gun and blows them all the damn hell away <laughs> mm -hmm, all tony curtis and Jack Lemon are underneath the table at their feet and freaking out. And mm -hmm. That's the end of Spats. Yep. Joe and Jerry run away. A policeman enters and holds up the rest of the gangsters, but uh, Joe and Jerry manage to get out of the room, and they dress up like Josephine and Daphne again, and Daphne calls Osgood to convince him they need to elope right now so they can use his yacht to escape mm -hmm. because the gangsters are looking at all of the ways to get out of there. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not looking on the ocean or on the water for a yacht. And so as he's on the phone, Joe hears Sugar singing in the club um, a song, a really sad sounding song, like I'm through with love, like she's heartbroken kind of a song. Mm -hmm. And he goes to listen. And as she finishes singing, she drops her head and Joe, still dressed as Josephine, goes <laughs> over and kisses her. Yep. <laughs> and Sugar screams, Josephine, and then kind of realizes who he really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gangsters also realize and begin their chase. And they come uh, along with them. Osgood and Jerry are already in the boat. Or are they like getting towards the boat, running yeah, to the Yeah, they're yacht? at the pier waiting. He's at the pier waiting for them. They make it. 
he knew that Josephine was going to be there, but didn't know Marilyn my bridesmaid. Monroe. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. And then Marilyn Monroe's there, and he's like, two bridesmaids? She's like, no, that's the flower girl or something like that uh yeah and sugar joins them Mm -hmm. and joe tries to talk sugar out of it she's like i guess i'm just not very bright which is what she was saying before on the train about falling for saxophone players all the time Mm -hmm. and uh osgood's so excited he's told his mom and jerry's like i can't get married he's like why not he's like yeah sure we can he's like i'm not a natural blonde he's like that's fine uh like but i smoke and he's like you know, don't worry about it. He's like, That's why he couldn't get married to the last one because his mom was like, "Nope, yeah. she's a smoker, can't do that." I got a terrible past. He's like, "I forgive you," and then I can never have children. He's like, "We can adopt or whatever." He's got like a thing, and then he's like, "Oh, come on, Osgood, I'm a man." Well, nobody's perfect. He's still happy, and they off they sail. Uh, and that is the end of some like it hot oh man what a movie <laughs> uh yeah so that that line at the end is a is the probably the most famous line in the movie it's gotta be uh but comes out it's one of the more successful films in terms of box office and critical reception for that year that it gets released uh it gets nominated for six academy awards uh best director for billy wilder best actor for jack lemon Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Art Direction. It only wins one for Best Costume Design. Hmm. Uh, it's regularly ranked as one of the best comedies and one of the best films of all time. Man. So the American Film Institute has it ranked at number 14, number 22. It also has it ranked as the number one greatest comedy movie of all time. Wow. This is the top movie on the American Film Institute's year, uh, 100 Years, 100 Laughs list. Dang. And the quote, well, nobody's perfect by Osgood Fielding at the very end is the number 48 best movie quote of all time, according to the American Film Institute. Man, didn't know it was so acclaimed. <laughs> yeah, this is a big one, surprisingly, I thought, but um, big. So, but that's it. That's all I got for Some Like It Hot. Mm, Let's yeah, talk about what makes it great. Um, I think I'll go first this time. Do it. It's funny. <laughs> I think that's what makes it great, really. Uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis do a great job. Marilyn Monroe is iconic. Uh, so you got to have a movie by Marilyn Monroe on the list. Mm-hmm. And this is her best one, it seems like. Uh, it. I think that the great thing for me is that it how much it's pushing creative boundaries in the studio system. Mm-hmm. Uh, that with the Hayes Code and its role in bringing it closer to its end and symbolizing more artistic freedom. I mean, they have cross-dressing. They have... Um, you know they joke about premarital sex they have violence and gangsters they have they have a kind of same sex kiss mm-hmm. um, but not really and then a kind of same sex engagement yeah and marriage and, <laughs> and elopement marriage, yeah. um, at the end and it's you know I guess how they get rid get around it here is that one it's not approved by the Hayes Code it was not condemned by the Catholic Church but it was presented as morally objectionable by the Catholic <laughs> Church um, and but they do it through comedy and through laughs and mm-hmm. we've talked before about how genre movies like horror movies and things like that kind of push the boundaries a lot on what can be done with film yep so do comedies so do comedies way. and this is a big one and I think for me that's what makes it great it's really historically relevant uh, for me a lot of the jokes don't translate that well to a modern day um sensibility mm-hmm. but i think this movie's been redone probably 
I mean, every Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty no, much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I think enough of it lands, and it was funny enough for me to still think that it was it was pretty funny and um, and good performances and well made and historically important and relevant. So yeah. it kind of ticks all the boxes. Yeah, I uh, agree. I love that learning that it was uh, kind of the nail in the coffin for the Hayes Code, um, and I like the social norms and things that they're challenging, and it seems very uh progressive for the times at least um but it was hilarious i thought it was very funny jack lemon is a he's a great actor he's got great comedic timing um and yeah it was enjoyable for sure marilyn monroe's gorgeous too mm-hmm. and uh yeah i guess we don't see her in anything else so and she had a pretty sad life so yeah. i was sad about that but yeah no no i really liked it um don't know if I would rate it 12 or 11 or whatever the 14, heck. 14, yeah. whatever the heck it is. But yeah, it's something that I think I would have it on my I'm, list, but maybe like in the bottom half, you know, like right around half or something like that. But I, something I may watch again, if it's like on TV, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go seek it out or go buy it or anything like that, but it's, it's pretty good. I think I just like Jack Lemmon a lot. I like the odd couple <laughs> yeah. movies. I like the grumpy old men movies. I've always liked his kind of, comedic sensibilities and timing and everything yeah, it's funny uh so that's it for some like it hot you want to hear what we got next yeah what's next week brother another movie from 1959 uh north by northwest directed by alfred hitchcock oh, starring he's got cary grant in it cary grant yes we'll hear the same voice again uh and eva marie saint from on the waterfront comes back for this movie too cool it's ranked number 40 on the original list and number 55 on the 10th anniversary update. Um, and I had never, I've never seen this movie, so I'm looking forward to watching it and getting to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and share with your friends and family if you're enjoying the podcast. We really appreciate that. My name is Andy Fernandez. And my name is Michael Fernandez. Thank you guys for joining us on What Makes It Great. 